to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston, continuing his new series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation. Welcome, David. It's good to have you here. Good to be here, Jason. It's uh, it's uh, another uh, continuing program on your new series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation, today. So Ooh. I'm looking forward to get into this with you. Um, we'll get into that soon. But each week you like to share something um, that uh, is significant to you. And what have you got for us today? Yeah, just before I share that, I wanted to just let our listeners know there are more sevens than the sevens that I'm covering but these are the significant sevens. So the ones that are, that, that are really talked about that are confusing for a lot of people, some of the sevens that are mentioned in, in Revelation are already explained. So the seven candlesticks is explained right after that as being mm. seven churches, you mm. know, the seven stars, the angels of those churches. So we're not looking at every single seven, but we're looking at six significant sevens in Revelation. But before we do, I have another favourite verse. So last week we looked at John three fourteen to 16, a little bit wider than people usually read. And this week I want to look at 2 Corinthians five seventeen to 21. Okay. Now this is a favourite of mine because of what it encapsulates. So I want to read that. So I'm reading from the New King James, First Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians five, and starting in verse seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God was pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, I, I absolutely love this passage because... It explains quite clearly Jesus' mission and ours by default when we follow him. You know, we're ambassadors, as it says in, in verse 20. And in the earlier verses, it says this, this is, this is what the ministry of reconciliation is. God, um, through Jesus, brought us back to himself because we sinned. Mm. So it, it then goes on to say that our ministry is doing the same. <laughs> now we can't reconcile people to God because only Jesus does that. That you know, that's what his sacrifice did. But we can be part of this ministry because um <laughs> because Jesus has done it and he says he showed his disciples, hey, this is what that looks like, and this is what I want you to go uh, do after I've gone. So that's what I really like about it is that um Jesus shows them and then he says, okay, now I've shown you, you, you go and do it as well, which I think is really, really good. It's a pretty important um, 
role that he gives us there, isn't it? Being ambassadors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, do we do it well? Eh, sometimes not. Not always. <laughs> but that's yeah. where grace comes in, you know, God yeah. is gracious. Yeah. So I feel this passage is a really good lead-in for today's program entitled Seven Seals because it's speaking about the gospel. And uh, I know that might not sound like it connects, but we'll see soon how it does. Sure. Okay, well, before we go on today, last week you talked about the seven churches of Revelation. Would you like to give us a quick recap on that before we get on to today's program yeah yeah thanks jason look last last week we looked at the seven the, one of the first significant sevens that you actually hear preached about quite a lot because it, it seems quite easy to unpack the seven churches and say hey you know this is what they're being reprimanded for mm. and so they jump to a conclusion and say so we've got to look at that as well today but they miss one of the applications and that is that those seven churches also apart from addressing issues in those physical seven churches it addressed issues in all the churches at the time because there wasn't just seven churches there were more than seven and it also represents seven time periods down through time where we see the church was victorious and then the church you know did this and then that and that and that and that and we see all the things that the church did down through time and we see that our period today is very close to the Laodicean um, condition which was the last church so mm. we we see that and then we also see because that those letters or the letter of revelation was sent to all the churches there is also an application that says there's something in each one of these letters that applies to every church in all times even in our time so that was what we looked at last time remember though that there are more sevens as i said than the ones we're looking at but we're looking at the significant ones mm. and i remember the one of the key points from last week was that even though we may be in one of these seven churches that individually we can still uh, not not take on all of the characteristics of those churches and we can yeah, be saved sure. because uh, you know god calls us individually as well so Yes, absolutely. We're saved individually, not corporately. Mm. Yeah, you made a good point last week. That's true. Um, so just remember, you can review all of our past episodes. You can go back and have a listen to that one if you missed it on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Or you can download our app from the Faith FM Australia. Um, that's the name of the app from the App Store in the iTunes or Apple App Store or the Google Play App Store as well. Now, David, uh, today we're going to be looking at the seven seals. How would you Ooh. like to start us off today on that one? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Today is a really complex subject. And as I was preparing for this, I, I realized I've bitten off more than I can chew because in a program this short, we can't really do it justice. But we're taking a helicopter view um, as we look at these significant seven. So I want people to re realise that. And if there's something that we touch on or that we say and it prompts a question for you, please text it in. Please let us know so that we can uh, be in touch in some way and we can expand on it. Maybe we can even answer it in the following week. Um, and if we can answer it quickly, we could do it straight after a break. But mm. but otherwise, uh, we can we can dig into it a little bit deeper and we can answer it the following week. So today is a continue the series on the significant sevens of Revelation. We're going to look at this topic entitled the seven seals, looking first uh, at the context of when these seals were being opened or 
around the happening of the opening of the seals. And then we're going to look at what I believe the seals uh, are and what they mean based on some commentary that I've read and some study that I've done. So you might disagree. That's okay. Send in some questions if you've got them. And then we're going to look at what all of this means for us today. But first, as we always do before the break, we have a listener question. And the listener question that you can also text in on about today is, were you ever frustrated that you couldn't open or do something and needed help? And when you received the help, how did you feel? So I know you have an illustration. Do you want to share your one first, uh, Jason? Well, yeah, I remember um, when I was younger, I used to do a bit more mechanical work than I do now. And... Um, I found it always frustrating. There was always one nut or one bolt or one screw that would be really stubborn to get undone if you were trying to yeah. work on an engine. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I found particularly frustrating is if it was, say, a, a Phillips head screw or something like that mm. and, and you ended up oh, slipping too many times and it would strip it out and that makes it yeah. harder to get undone. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the, the thing that sticks in my mind the most when it comes to you know trying to get something undone that's just too difficult <laughs> yeah yeah and look mine was exactly the same uh well not exactly but it was similar i, I had uh an engine problem many years ago so we had a a, a a mazda 626 and the engine went on it so we instead of you know buying a new car we couldn't afford that we actually bought an import engine from japan yeah. we put that in but after one of the servicings uh the 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 nut that holds all the oil in in your oil pan wasn't done up properly and the oil was dripping out we didn't realize we're driving down the freeway and it just went from nice and smooth to very noisy and then engine stopped mm. <laughs> had to pull off so we pull off um and long story short my friend said hey bring it into our place uh, my place oh, i'll help you recondition it so we took it in, and I could not get the main engine nut on the front of the flywheel off. And he says, I'll do it for you. And he got on a, a, a ratchet spanner and a piece of bar that was about a metre long, and he's jumping. He's, he, was, he was a lot heavier than me. He's jumping on one end of it, and he blew up the ratchet. Wow. And uh, anyway, it was his ratchet, not mine. <laughs> but we finally, I was happy when it, when it got undone. Mm, amazing. So... I think I think it's really important that uh, we, we look today at how Jesus became worthy, how he was able to, when no one else could, open these seals and what they mean and why it's important to us today. So the listener question today. Were you ever frustrated that you couldn't open or do something and needed help? When you received the help, how did it feel? We'd love to hear from you today. 0488. 880891. That's our show number for Tassie Encounters. We've already had uh, Joanna text in this morning to say good morning and that she's uh, listening from Hobart Hospital this morning. So we are thinking of you this morning, Joanna, down here today. So thanks for texting in. But do answer our question. If you're listening today, were you ever frustrated that you couldn't open or do something and needed help? When you received the help, how did it feel? We'd love to hear from you today. This is our first song today. It's a beautiful song by Jenny Lee Riddle, and it's called Revelation Song. Where is the lamb who was slain? Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song. 
Encounters on Faith FM. 
And this morning we're talking with David Maxwell and we're talking on the topic of the seven seals and this is part of the new series called the significant sevens of revelation and before the break we did ask you a question were you ever frustrated that you couldn't open or do something and uh, that you needed help with Uh, when you received the help how did it feel text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and do note that number down we've got a book offer coming up later in the program as well um, so, David, the significant sevens of Revelation with the seven Ooh. seals, before the break you said you're going to look at the at, – well, first of all, you're going to look at the context of opening Ooh. these seals. So what did you mean by that? So talking about the context, Jason, thanks for that. Um, often when we read the book of Revelation, we forget to look at why certain symbols are used. So we jump straight to conclusion or application, and we forget to remember that when these books were being written, God used symbols that they could understand, even if they couldn't look all the way down to time, um, and, you know, our time, and see what was happening and, and know what it was going to be like. So one of the examples of that is when you look at one of the visions that John sees, he sees these locusts that have fire shooting out their tail and have faces like men and when their wings beat they sound like many many horses going into battle to me he's describing a helicopter Mm. but but he he wouldn't have known what a helicopter was so god gave him a vision in a way he could describe it so that when we see it today we think hey i see that that's what he's talking about so um, sometimes it's really important to look at what's being said in his day and how he understood it, and then as we look at the application, we can then make that application later. Mm. Also, the thing that's very important to remember in Revelation as we're unpacking this today, and I'll try and go quickly with this because we have a lot to fit in, is that we're looking at not a sequential book, a, a book with sequential actions and activities that happen like every other story in the Bible. Revelation is very different in that John writes sequential visions as he sees them. As he experiences the vision, he writes it down. But when you go back and look at each of those visions, you can see by linking elsewhere in the bible or the events in revelation you can start to build a mosaic of what's actually happening Mm. and what he's describing and remember right from the beginning the book says it's the revelation of jesus christ so how is jesus revealed through all these different visions and how do they apply so when I, to open up today, what I would like to do is have a prayer for our listeners and then we'll get into reading the passage we're looking at today. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you that we still have your word. Thank you that you've opened this book for us today. And as we read it, Lord, give our listeners understanding and help us to speak clearly. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. So the passage we're looking at today, Revelation chapter to 5, verse 1 to 5, and I'll ask if I could, if you could read it in the NLT. Thanks, Jason. Sure. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Asia. 
Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is to, still to come. From the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Is Thanks, that, Jason. Is that the right set of verses? I'm just wondering. No, here. it's not. Even though it says <laughs> Revelation 5, you've put in my document here. And I copied it in. Oh, man, so that's crazy. Let, let me read the right ones. I've got them here. Would you like to do another, that? In another window. <laughs> I should have picked up earlier than that. Oh, dear. Okay. okay. This yes. is titled well, The Lamb Opens the Scroll. That was what we read last week, wasn't it? Uh, the, the thing that I, I just read, I think, was I, last I, week's. Yeah, I think it was. I was sure I copied over that. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. That's all we're right. going to hear now a repeat of that, and now we're going to have Revelation 5. <laughs> there we go. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven, uh, and its seven seals. Mm, loose at seven seals. Yeah, thank you very much. Jason. Sorry, oh. I, I should have picked up on that earlier. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. Look, never mind. we just got to recap that this is this is from Jesus himself, and mm. this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, as it says back there. So, look, as, as, I, as I open this, uh, I'd like to use an illustration about ancient sealing and remind us about the way uh, messages were sealed many centuries ago. What they used to do was, for important letters, they'd put them in an envelope or they'd roll them up or they'd, whatever, however they would package them. And as the, the final edge covers, the, like as they fold over the last piece, they would pour some wax over the edge of the envelope or the edge of the letter and then they would press a ring or a seal into the wax so that the recipient the intended recipient would know if it's been opened beforehand and so you know today we use built-in adhesive you lick it or you wet it and you stick it down so too here in revelation we have a document that's sealed not with one seal but seven seals one document but seven seals and when each of the seven seals have been broken then the message can be opened the scroll can be opened and read but what we find is no one's found worthy except jesus jesus because of his sacrifice is therefore worthy to open this mm. so the scroll contains a message of some kind and as each seal is broken uh, some some events happen so the bible speaks about uh, a number of things that are secret that need to be sealed firstly at the end of daniel he's told to seal up the book until the time of the end later on in revelation after the sounding of a number of trumpets we'll look at that next week john sees a book open which he's instructed to eat and it, when he eats it you know it tastes good but it gives him bellyache um, and that that book is said to be opened or open, and he eats it, before the sounding of the seventh trumpet, which heralds Jesus' return. And that 
parallels with the seventh seal. So clearly that book is open before the seventh seal is broken, so it can't be referring to this particular scroll. So we know that it's, it's not that book that it's talking about. It's something mm-hmm. else. Another mystery or secret that the Bible speaks about is what Paul calls the mystery of God. However, this is revealed also by Paul as the gospel. He says the mystery of God here, John, as he's writing, he says the mystery of God would be finished at the end, you know, at the, at the seventh trumpet. When it's about to be sounded, the mystery of God will be finished, not revealed. So it's not talking about that either. It's not talking about the mystery of God. Mm, so it's neither of those two things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, it can't. The contents can't be, you know, what was previously closed. You know, the predictions of Daniel, and it can't be this mystery of God. It has to be something else. Mm. So in chapter 4, we see there's a throne room scene showing God the Father and others around him. And uh, it's amazing to read that and picture it. We'll probably all have a different picture. In chapter 5, John sees the Father holding a scrolled seal and an angel asking who's worthy. No one's worthy, and it upsets John. But the Lamb of God, this, this Lamb that appears like it's been slain, is found to be worthy because he's been slain, because he's overcome. He's able to open the sealed scroll. And it would seem from the scene in chapter 4 and 5 that this occurs in real history. So something's happening in heaven, but in real history of the earth, something has happened as each seal is being broken. Um, it seems that it starts shortly after Jesus has overcome. You know, that lamb has been slain. And this is what's starts it happening um and and perhaps this overcoming has something to do with what's in the scroll i think Mm. the mystery of god in essence is uh the gospel of the good news that um what he's done through christ on the cross yeah yeah that's right to allow us to to ultimately be saved and be reunited with him yeah, that's right, that's right. And and it helps us to understand something about what the, what the seals are about, but we're going to get into that after the break. Sure. Oh, we've had Margie uh, message in this morning uh, answering our question. She says, uh, when I was trying to start my RoboVac, pressing the start button wouldn't work, and eventually, in exasperation, I said, Lord, please help me start this vac. <laughs> and uh, she pressed the button again, and it voila, took it took off, and... Uh, she says she burst into laughing. <laughs> it yeah, was instant. God was on the I'll spot. I'll say something about that after the break. <laughs> Sometimes we we think, uh, you know, we don't want to bother God with the, with the, what <sighs> seems to be trivial things. But, um, but he cares. But, yeah, and uh, it's amazing how often when we pray he answers even the simple uh, mm. prayers, so to speak. Thanks, um, Maggie. Our listener question today, if you've got an answer, uh, were you ever frustrated that you couldn't open or do something and needed help? Uh, when you received help, how did you feel? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We've got our free offer today. It's actually not a book today. It's a DVD. It's called The Bride, the Beast and Babylon. So stay tuned for more info about that um, that will come a bit later in the program. Right now, this uh, song is called A Better Word by Bethany Barnard.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we have David Maxwell on the series The Significant Sevens of Revelation, and we've been talking about the seven seals. Now, before the break, David, you were saying that the scroll has something to do with the mystery of God, um, mm. and uh, we correlated that with the gospel. What relevance does that have on the seals and the events mentioned around them? Yeah, that's a really great uh, question, Jason. It often helps when we take this helicopter view of the things that we um, the view of the things as we are doing today, as I said before, to get a better picture of what's being spoken about in some of the challenging passages. And we were talking in the break that uh, having a good view or an overview or an understanding of the other themes of the Bible, a biblical view of the other themes of the Bible, actually helps in our understanding of Revelation because as you see something in Revelation, you can join that, that you can draw that parallel. So as we now know, the scroll is not the gospel message, but it is related to it in some way. So let's look at what happens as each seal is opened, or rather I would say broken. I, the way I picture this is a rolled up scroll in a roll and you can see down the end of it you can see there's writing inside as we were mentioning in the break and you can see there's writing on the outside as well mm. but these these seven seals seal along the edge of the, the 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 scroll and you can't open the scroll until all seven are open that's the way i visualize it mm. so uh, what follows um this in the in the passage we were looking at uh, are the events that happens on earth as are each of these seals is open in heaven something happens on earth as the seal is broken i believe that the first four activities following the breaking of the first four seals have often been called the four horsemen of the apocalypse that says to me, when I read that title, I mean, that title's not in here, but that's what people have called it. It seems to say these four, four horsemen happen right down at the end of time, just before the world wraps up. But the events of these things uh, are not happening down at the end of time. I believe it's representative of the events that happen from Jesus' ascension, that is when he goes into that court, uh, the, the throne room, and he's the lamb that's been slain. Clearly, he's alive now, and he's there. And it goes from that time, when he gets the scroll and he starts to break the seals, that goes from his time, or that time here on earth, right down to the time of his return. And when you look at the breaking of the sixth seal, you can clearly see something that, uh, that, that parallels with that. So the breaking of the first four seals results in four different coloured horses and horsemen riding out um, on this earth, if you like. And I believe these represent the passage of the gospel down through time up till Jesus' return or just before. I believe in line with some commentators that the first white horse and its rider with a sword and the crown represents the gospel going forward victoriously in the first century and if you see what happens at pentecost and the holy spirit is poured out then then the, the gospel goes forward with power but then I also believe what follows that, as you see, he breaks the second seal, and the red horse, it represents, and, and its rider, of course, uh, represents the persecution that follows that victory, as Satan tries to crush those gospel victories. Then we have the third horse, <coughs> that's the black horse, 
and the rider on it, it represents spiritual darkness. And we see spiritual darkness through the dark ages. You know, 538, 1798, we see how God's truths were gradually crushed and and hidden and at the end they actually told people they burned bibles that people had this is the church that believes they say they believe and follow the bible and they burned bibles that people had and they said you're not to have one if you're caught with one you'll be you'll be burned at the stake or executed in some way you'll be a heretic you've just got to listen to what we tell you the bible says and and uh, i think it was william tyndale was tied to the stake and burnt for translating the Bible into English. Mm. So, you know, this, this is terrible, and it's a, it's a, a spiritual darkness. <clears throat> the fourth pale horse represents spiritual, I believe represents spiritual apostasy, persecution and widespread death through the centuries that follow. And when we see what's happening in Israel today, we see we're still in that time, it appears. The fifth, the sixth, and the seventh seals are different because no horses or direction from the angel to come and see what happens um, is given. And the fifth, I believe, represents the overall delay in Christ's return, causing more to be persecuted and killed. And then the question's raised, how much longer? How much longer is this going to go on? And that's a question that people ask. And we haven't got time to delve into those those um, pictures that have been drawn of the souls crying out, but, you know, it's not literally souls crying out because they're told they're going to rest a bit longer. And there's a few things that are saying this is not a literal thing that's happening, but it's it's like the, the, the accumulated um, passion of those who are being persecuted saying, how long, how long is this going to go on? Mm. Um, and, and the events of those being persecuted actually, you know, shows, hey, this is just not right. Um, the sixth seal, I believe, represents the events that will happen just before Jesus returns, as this earthquake that's mentioned is mentioned th- here and three other times in other visions. Now, it's an interesting thing that happens at this point. John is then, there's a pause taken, you know, um, and chapter 7 shows some different things. John is shown a number of things um, other things, and he records them before the breaking of the seventh seal. Chapter 7 shows the sealing of God's faithful. Uh, it's 144,000 that are mentioned. It's most probably a figurative number. And also all those who are saved and come through the great tribulation, which is why we see this overlap. We see this overlap. And then in chapter 8 and verse 1, it appears that chapter 8 and verse 1 doesn't belong in chapter 8. It belongs in chapter 7. Um, And in in chapter 8 and verse 1, it says there's silence in heaven for the space of about half an hour. And I want to read a verse quickly in Matthew 26. And Jesus is being on trial, and in chapter 26 and verse 64, he says this, Jesus said to them, It is as you said, Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. The clouds of heaven represent the angels. Uh, we can go through the Bible and we can dig that out, or you can do a study and you can dig that out, that Jesus is coming with angels. He's coming with clouds of angels. And the power that he's talking about, he's sitting on the right hand of the power. The power is speaking about God the Father. So, so, so this last seal that, that we've been talking about here um, allows the scroll to be read, but... Um, yes, 
but doesn't really indicate what's in the document. What what is in the document? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right, Jason. The scroll can now be read. The sixth seal is broken, and we see the coming of Jesus with the entire the entire inhabitants of heaven. That's why I'd suggest it's silent. There's no one there. Mm. But the scroll can be read, but we're not told what's in it, mm. and and I or what's on it. <laughs> Interesting. The mystery, the, the mystery remains for the moment. <laughs> for the moment. <laughs> it's time for our free offer today. It's called The Bride, the Beast and Babylon DVD. This is Discovering the Hidden History of Bible Prophecy by Doug Batchelor. Going to the very heart of the Bible's most challenging book, this 90-minute documentary decodes the visions of Revelation 12 and 17 for everyone to understand. Journeying from the birth of Christ through the Christian era, this amazing video pulls aside the veil of hidden history to reveal the rise of Babylon, the persecution of the Bride of Christ, and the real-world identity of the beast. Educational and inspiring, Revelation delivers the keys to understanding the epic conflict between Christ and Satan and what it means for your life today. So stay tuned for the code straight after the break. This is Easy Worthy by Chris Tomlin. Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through?
He is worthy for sure. And we've been talking about the seven seals on our prop, uh, topic today, uh, the uh, significant sevens of Revelation. And we're coming to a close on that. But before the break, we promised you our free book offer. Our, it's actually a DVD today, our free offer today. It's a DVD. And the code for today's offer is Revelation and the number two. So the word Revelation and the number two. Text that in no spaces to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to claim this free DVD. We've got six copies to give away today, so do text us in. Um, so, David, uh, we were just mentioning before the break that we're told that this Ooh. scroll is opened um, by the breaking of the the seals. But mm. what is? But we we're not told what's in the book. So, what's sort yeah. of the point of uh, talking about this scroll if we don't know what's in it? Yeah, thanks, Jason. It's a really good question, you know. And and sometimes we ask questions like this, and and we just don't have answers for it. Mm. You know, we're we're actually not told what in or on the scroll and from what I understand in our reading of the Bible there are a lot of things that aren't in the Bible so you know the Bible referred to um, this is written in the chronicles of you know Hezekiah or something and we go and we don't have those chronicles we don't have that record somewhere mm. so clearly it's not been important for us to know down through these times but what we see reflected in these events surrounding the final trumpet we'll look at next week and and some of that might give us a bit of an indication for now all that's important is that when each of these seals are broken in heaven it results in different mostly historical now uh, events happening here on the earth and it would appear then that the seals have something to do with the different challenges and events that happen to God's people down through time as they share the gospel perhaps Perhaps some of this, perhaps what's written on the scroll relates to the overall, overall controversy between God and Satan. And just like that song said in the break, that Jesus is the one who is worthy to open and read it and no one else is to know it or know what's in there until he actually opens it. And we'll talk next week about these seven thunders. And John's about to write with what these seven thunders say around the time of the the, the sounding of the the, uh, seventh trumpet. But he's told, don't write it down. Don't write it down. So there are some things that we're not to know beforehand or not to be made public beforehand. So from all of this, what can we learn? What can we learn? Well, there's a number of very important things that we can learn from reviewing or knowing what's happening with the scroll and the seven seals. Firstly, is that the mystery of God will proceed, that's the gospel, the good news about Jesus, will proceed until it's finished. It's going to continue. And as we open these seven seals, we see that the gospel is affected in different ways, or the people sharing the gospel are affected in different ways down through time. Firstly, there's victory, and then there's persecution, and then there's there's uh, you know blackness that 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 is almost hiding the spirituality that God wants the world to have, and then it's corrupted. And finally, it seems like there's this great big delay, but Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and that's what we see in the sixth and the seventh seal. There's silence in heaven because God is on his way. Mm. 
And so what, what, we, what we see is that God is in ultimate control of everything that's happening. Now, it doesn't mean God's making these things happen, but he's in control of what's happening. And he will proceed regardless of what's happening. And by understanding the seals and the events around them, we can see that we are living in the time of this fifth seal when there seems to be a delay and people are crying out, those being persecuted are crying out, how much longer, how much longer? I've said that myself, Jason, I don't know about you. Mm. You know, when is this going to finish? You know, we say it with a sigh, I hear people um there were some uh, pastors that we know we uh we've just come out of the middle east actually they were in the middle of two tours and they finished one they're about to start another and this thing blew up on wednesday um, wednesday thursday and uh, they were speaking to a palestinian bus driver and the palestinian bus driver was lamenting at all of this um, war and killing that's happening from generation to generation and next generation is just being grown up to attack the other generation and this is Christians speaking to a Palestinian mm. and as they left each other they said we love you man, we love you and they both said the same to each other so it's not everywhere that this conflict exists but it does exist in communities all mm. over the world mm. so this delay, how much longer And what comes after the fifth seal is the sixth seal, the awesome events that occurred just before Jesus suddenly returns. Uh, But the delay is going to be swiftly cut short. Jesus is going to deliver those who are his. And now... As we don't know when that sixth seal is going to be opened, mm. you know we we are in this time where it's only just still ahead of us, and there's no time to get complacent. There's no time to get uh, get like saying, uh, you know, well, what's the point? You know, Jesus isn't coming. He is coming, and it's closer than ever. The end. The ongoing judgment in heaven, that, that's going to come to an end. The pouring out of the bowls of judgment on the wicked, too late to make a change then. And then Jesus returned. They're the things that are ahead for us. So I loop back to my opening illustration of the ancient sealing. Just as those ancient seals were meant to keep the contents of the messages safe for the intended recipient, God will not allow anyone to interfere with his plans. He's promised to return soon, and the events leading up to his return have been explained in ways that we can work out and we can understand if we carefully study the Bible. There's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. And I would plead with people today, give your life to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior so you can be ready for his soon return. Do it today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Because not too far in the future, Jesus will return. He's promised to. All of his other promises have come true. He is going to return. And all of these terrible things that are happening today as they start to escalate, we shouldn't lose hope, but rather we should look up and lift up our heads, as the Bible says, for our redemption draws nigh. Amen. Amen. Well, that's uh, an important message for us all, and um, I hope uh, we can grasp the key message there, and that is that Jesus is the one. We need to trust Ooh. in him. We need to trust him that he opens the scroll, but he uh, he has that gospel in his hand as well for us to, to uh, willingly accept. So.
Mm. Um, next week, David, what are you going on to on this? The seven series? trumpets. The seven trumpets is another parallel vision that John sees. And we're going to look at this parallel vision and see what it means and when the trumpets occur. Awesome. And next Wednesday, we've got uh, Tamika Spalding joining us. She hasn't been on for a while, so it'll be good to have her back. She's going to be talking about handcrafted into beauty. So do join us on Wednesday. We've got three copies left of our book uh, DVD offer today. So text in Revelation 2 to claim a free copy of that DVD, The Bride, the Beast and Babylon. This is Evan Craft with Home. May you encounter Jesus today. Travel the world Trying to find a place That I could call home Wanna leave my trace A legacy, a melody That leads us back to you So I won't relent Until I'm home with you I was lost in the dark Heard you call my name Dreams so far and gone Till you found my flame I came alive, your love revived What I'm called to be Now I won't give up You made your home in me Ooh, you're in each breath I'm taking You're my pride 